Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 12 of Revelation chapter 21, and we're continuing to look at verse 5. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Now, in our last study, we were looking at the true nature of God. It is one of his glorious attributes that he always speaks the truth. And the Lord Jesus Christ is God. And that's why Christ says he is the truth. The word of God, the Bible, comes from the mouth of God. It completely identifies with him. And so thy word is truth. The Holy Spirit is eternal God, one of the persons of the Trinity. And so we read, also in John 14, that the spirit of truth, the spirit is truth. And it it is um, that which uh, is very much identified with God. He is true. And on the other hand, we looked at man, and the Bible says every man a liar. Man is born speaking lies. His heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And so man's nature is completely uh, uh, that which is set against God's nature. One is true, one is a liar. And Satan is the father of lies. And because man believed him, they became like their spiritual father and 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 they uh, developed a love for the lie rather than a love for the truth. But there's another statement here at the end of Revelation 21, verse 5, where God is speaking of his words, and he says, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And uh, th- this is, again... Uh, making reference to the whole Bible. Yes, to the book of Revelation, but also to all Scripture. All the Bible is faithful. All the words of God are true, and all the words of God are faithful. Now, before we look at what the Bible has to say about God and His Word, concerning faithfulness, let's First, do what we did with truth and take a look at mankind. And we read, for instance, in Second Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 2, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. And we, we might uh, miss what God is saying there if we read it too quickly, but he's actually making an all-encompassing statement concerning mankind. As it's similar 
to that statement in Romans 3, every man a liar, that all men are liars, according to the Bible. Likewise, all men have not faith in their natural fallen condition, because they've become spiritually dead. And and that's why the whole idea uh, that that the church has gone after and sold itself to of uh, of trying to convince men to exercise faith in order to believe to be saved is, is so impossible. God says all men have not faith according to his standard. Of course, the church has a much lower standard, and they'll settle for a profession, that which comes out of the mouth, although uh, it's not coming forth from the heart, a changed heart. But that's okay with the churches and congregations. Well, I'm, I'm a little cynical, uh, aren't I? But, but it is actually the way it is. The churches push men and, and prompt men, trying to stir men up to, uh, to accept Christ and to bring salvation to themselves by their faith. And the Bible says all men have not faith not saving faith and and therefore all men are not faithful and uh Christ went on to say this in Matthew 17 in verse 17 Matthew chapter 17 17 says then Jesus answered and said o faithless and perverse generation how long shall i be with you how long shall i suffer you Bring them hither to me. Now, the the generation, again, those who read the Bible literally, they want to think, oh, it's that generation living at that time, the people that that um, that Christ is dealing with. But no, the the generation is the generation of evil. It's the same generation that um, is upon the earth all through history, from the fall of Adam unto the end of the world. And that's why Christ makes reference to a generation of evil that will not pass away until uh, all all of his words have been performed. Because it's the same evil generation. And another way of looking at the generation of evil is the way... Jesus is describing them in Matthew 17, verse 17. They are faithless and perverse. Faithless means they have no faith, as 2 Thessalonians 3, 2 says. This is the nature of man. He is faithless. He is not someone to be counted upon, to be trusted, uh, when it comes to spiritual things, he's not someone that you can rely on for truth, for uh, wisdom, or for knowledge of God. Uh, of course not. He's a faithless creature because of his sin, and and so he's the last one you would want to check with concerning spiritual things. Rather, go to the faithful one. And God is faithful. Just as God speaks the truth and man is a liar, 
and, and God is not a man that he should lie, so too God is faithful, although man is faithless. And we need to understand God is not man. Mankind is a creature created in the image of God, but due to his fall into sin, he, he has brought ruin upon that image and, and it is not an accurate reflection of the person or being of God because God remains perfect and pure and holy and trustworthy, true and faithful. And the word of God remains all those things. Man has fallen from, from that highest state, not God. God remains in, in the high and lofty place. He is the most high God and his word remains elevated and above this, this world and, and the evil that ha, and corruption that has come upon this world. The word of God is pure, purified seven times as gold and silver. And it is a, a glorious, wonderful thing that in this most wicked world where we cannot trust any man and we cannot trust anything, there's the Bible. There is the word of God, a source of truth and light and that reveals the perfect character of the faithful God. And that's what the Bible says of God in Deuteronomy chapter 7. It says in beginning in verse 8, But because Jehovah loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath Jehovah brought you out with a mighty hand, and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that Jehovah thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. And that would be thousand pointing to the completeness of time. God is always, eternally, and most definitely throughout the whole history of this world, faithful and into the next world or into eternity future. He will remain faithful and his word faithful. But notice here in Deuteronomy 7 verse 8 how God brings up the fact that he has sworn with an oath to the fathers and and he mentions his covenant and of course what did he swear he swore to abraham that the land would be his for an everlasting possession and his seed after him and his seed would be as the stars of heaven for multitude god is faithful historically he was faithful to deliver the the jews that were in egypt according on one level to the promise given to Abraham that they um, they would be captives uh, for 400 years or or in, in the fourth generation come out and return to the land. So historically, 
there was an element that God fulfilled, but of course, as we've been looking at the promised land of Canaan, in other studies we've seen the ultimate fulfillment, the deeper spiritual fulfillment, the second level is God giving the new heaven and new earth to his elect that are the spiritual seed of the children of promise through Christ. And they, once they're placed upon the new heaven and new earth, then that will be the point of the fulfillment of the word of God. That will be the time, once again, that God can verify his faithfulness, can confirm his faithfulness, because he has made promise of these things, and and his word has proven true and faithful once it comes to pass. And, and of course, God's word has proven true and faithful repeatedly over the many centuries of earth's history as God had, has promised certain things and fulfilled those things. It's just uh, really a few things that remain in order for every every word of God, every precious promise, exceedingly great and precious promises, according to Second Peter, that he has given to us. It's just a short matter of time before he fulfills the last of them, and he can only do that with the destruction of this world and the creation of a new heaven and a new earth. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says in verse 23, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Referring to God, he is faithful. In First Peter chapter 4, just to establish the context, which is the time of the Great Tribulation leading into Judgment Day. It says in verse 17, For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And it did, May 21, 1988, when the Great Tribulation began. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God. That That is, the judgment came first on the church. May 21, 2011 was the day of transition from the judgment exclusively on the churches. It expanded to include now all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. So both judgments are being referred to in that verse. And then in verse 18, And if the righteous scarcely be saved... Where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? And and certainly when we look at the spiritual situation today, it fits this statement perfectly. The righteous scarcely be saved. The churches are spiritually destroyed. There is none righteous there. The God has already separated the wheat and the tares. The believers that came out of the churches are being severely tried. Many of them have gone back to the world, to the church, or former doctrines. And it it appears they're scarcely saved, and it may be they're not saved at all. It's just the remnant of true believers holding on to the sound teaching of the Word of God. 
and they're not esteemed at all. They're despised and looked down upon. We know there's a great multitude, but they're out there in the world amongst the nations, and they cannot be seen because you can't you can't know where the tens of millions are as they're living in China or India or Africa. How can you you see this great multitude? So there is certainly an appearance of scarcity of salvation. Well, then it says in verse 19, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God. Suffering according to the will of God and and the the previous um, scriptures in this passage, God pointed out how uh, it's a thankful thing to suffer as a Christian for well-doing. That is, uh, to suffer for Christ's sake or the word of God's sake. To suffer as a result of holding on to truth. To to suffer because you yourself are acting according to the Spirit within you in a faithful way in regards to God's commandments. You want to uphold them and maintain them steadfastly. You will not deny them or compromise them. And this often brings suffering in this world. In one way or another, There, there can be suffering, and that's a good thing as long as it's for the word of God, for Christ's sake, because then it's thankworthy. You can feel very well about that. But on the other hand, if you suffer because of your sin, because you're a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a busybody in other men's matters, then there is no thanks for that. It, it, the, that's how the world and the people of the world suffer for evil doing. And all will suffer in varying degrees in one way or another, for well-doing or evil-doing. But if we suffer according to the will of God, the will of God is the revealed will that he uh, shows forth in the scriptures. It's his commandments. The will of God is... That Sunday is his holy day, it's the Sabbath day, and therefore remove your foot from my holy day. And so a child of God wants to maintain and be faithful to that commandment, and and so he does not work on Sunday. And this could lead to trouble at work in our modern society, where more and more they're they're, uh, encouraging uh, companies are encouraging their employees to work on the Sabbath, and maybe it could lead to some hardship for the child of God or whatever, but we can see how that could be. That's the same thing with God's other commandments. When God says that um, what he has joined together, man is not to put asunder. Well, today, uh, over 50% of marriages end in divorce. And so we have believers that have become saved and they're divorced. And what is the faithful will of God? The will of God is the divorced person ought to remain single and not remarry unless they could get married again to their former spouse if 
the former spouse had not yet remarried. That's the only option the Bible permits. And, and so there are true believers wanting to do the will of God. They remain single. They might feel a little lonely. They might, um, prefer the marriage relationship, but they want to do it God's way. And so there is a bit of suffering involved. They're also wanting to do the will of God. And, and that's how it is on many points that the Bible addresses. God's people will do it according to the, the way the Bible commands the will of God, even if it brings hardships and difficulties or tribulation or affliction for the word's sake, because that's the nature, that's the spirit God has placed within them, they have a faithful spirit because that's the spirit of God. That's the spirit of Christ. So it says here, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing. That is, keep doing what God would have you to do by obeying and keeping his commandments by his grace as unto a faithful creator. And, and there again, God is described as being faithful. The faithful creator going all the way back to the beginning when he spoke and he said, let there be, and, and the earth came into existence and the whole universe came into existence. The sun, the moon, the stars, and the creatures came into existence as God continued to create throughout the six days. He's a faithful creator. Likewise, he's the creator that faithfully developed his salvation program before the foundation of the world. He predestinated the elect, certain individuals to become saved. He watched over his salvation program before the world even was. At the point of the world's foundation, Christ died as the Lamb faithfully, and then he rose again, resurrected from the dead, justifying all those elect faithfully, and then God created the world as the Son, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, spoke and created, and created Adam and Eve, and, and then history began to unfold. We know sin entered into the world, and God right away introduces his salvation program on the pages uh, in the Garden of Eden, right after the fall. There it is that that God has made provision for the sins of these elect because he's a faithful God. He watches over all earth's history, thousands of years up until the flood, thousands of years after the flood, in each generation, saving the ones that he had predestinating, saving them by his word. And what did his word do? but create a new heart within them. He was the faithful creator, creating a new heart and a new spirit in this one and in that one and and in all of those whose names were recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
God watched over earth and, and he watched over mankind. And whenever one of these souls, these individuals that were chosen to become saved, entered into the world, God watched very personally over that individual's entire life until the time came that he had determined he'll save that one. In, in John the Baptist's case, it was in the womb. On the thief on the cross, it was, it was hours before he would die. And, and all in between, God was faithful in the lives of all these people all throughout time until the very end, May 21, 2011, when he would save the very last one. What a tremendously faithful creator to create a new heart and new spirit to make them new creatures in Christ to form a new people fashioned after the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a faithful creator. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.